0: when your child is struggling as a parent you need support welcome to beyond risk and back i'm at the 46th annual psychotherapy associates Winter symposium this is in colorado springs and once again i get my hands on the experts the men and women who are speaking at this conference the the, the other people having booths here this is where all the experts in the industry of mental health and addiction and recovery gather to share the information they have, and I wanna get it into your hands. So thank you for joining me on this week's episode of Beyond Risk and Back. So I got Mr. Zero Body Fat across from me here, and uh, you guys might remember my show with uh, Rob Decker last time I was at the Winter Symposium. Um, and he's joined this week by uh, Melissa Kayam. Um, And we're gonna talk about uh, we're going to talk about food, and we're going to talk about fitness. We're going to talk about taking recovery. And the example I love to use is that back in the in the really early 90s, I believe it came out in 89, 90, uh, there was a movie called Clean and Sober with Michael Keaton. Mm-hmm. And there's a scene in that, uh, there's there's two scenes to reference for this show. Number one is uh, they're going through the lunch line, and they're pulling desserts. like Like, people are just putting dessert on the tray. And they were like, what is it with all this sugar? And they're like, well, we're trying to fatten them up. Like they've got, these are heroin addicts and cocaine addicts We're trying to get meat back on their bodies. And then there's another scene where they're, they're doing uh, uh, sit-ups and people can barely do a sit-up. And really the focus is getting them into the 12 steps and getting them for the, uh, you know, into, into the therapeutic process of recovery. But times have changed and we need to talk about... Um, what goes in your body we need to talk about how much you move your body and we need to help parents and the reason why I have the two of you here is because we need to help parents make some fundamental changes in what's going on in the kitchen and what's going on outside because we're, we're, we're missing it on both and the treatment world is just starting even after all these years we are just starting to make food and fitness a core component of recovery. So with that being said, Melissa, I want to start with you and I want to ask when a, when a kid is cutting, when a kid is using, when a kid is drinking, when a kid is looking at too much porn, uh, we like to call these things the disease of addiction. And Rob, I know you and I are definitely from a, 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 a belief system where we're going to call this a disease. But before we catch this disease, something's happened in our bodies. We're we're talking about a a neurological dysfunction that we now can say is actually starting in the belly. Can you speak to that?
1: Yeah, so uh, first of all, thank you for having me here. Of
0: course, of course.
1: And um, one of the things that I just want to acknowledge how painful it is for a parent to watch their child go through this. Um, I'm speaking from my own personal experience, and I really empathize with the frustration. And a lot of this self-numbing and control and everything like that, one doesn't think, you know, to approach this in the simple way of looking at what somebody's eating and how is that affecting their behaviors. And there's so much study today and evidence that the bacterias in our gut absolutely have a great effect on our behaviors. So, uh, based on this knowledge of the gut microbiome access, which in simpler terms is kind of you are what you eat and now it's you think what you eat. And they haven't figured out is it the chicken or the egg thing? Like do you have right. thoughts that affect the gut or is the gut affecting the thoughts? So the decision on that isn't completely out. Well, I gotta
0: ask real quick, does that matter? Like, like it, for you as, as, a, as a PhD candidate, does that matter to you, the chicken or the egg, or you realize it's so interconnected that addressing one is addressing the other?
1: So it absolutely doesn't matter. And we always have to just go for it, dive in deep and say, okay, so we may not understand the science, but we know it exists. So knowing that it exists, what are the steps that we can take to make sure that our microbiome, our gut bacteria, and our brain health are talking to each other with a clear path of communication?
0: Okay, so so Rob, let's let's add to this the conversation about uh, getting getting this body moving, because we're dealing with someone, you know, we, we, got, a, we got a process of addiction, which, which is isolation, it's decreased movement, um, there's a deterioration of desire, um, whether it's video games or gambling or whatever, it's a lot of non-movement. I mean, the most we move when we're, when we're addicted to cigarettes is from inside to outside to the smoking area. Um, like, how important is this in recovery?
2: Well, movement is life, right? Uh, You've heard that before and the reality is that you have certain arenas in your brain that are highly impacted by physical movement and physical fitness and Over time when you've been very sedentary these areas shrink Um, Through physical fitness, you can actually bring blood flow oxygen almost like instant gratification You'll never regret a workout, right? Um, You can get instant results from going out and getting some sunshine, running, walking, just to get some movement in, there will be instant gratification from that. And then the long-term effects, you know, you're also gonna prevent things like uh, um, uh, dementia, right? That's gonna be something that um, short-term, it's like you're dealing with individuals, and I know, because I suffered from it, um, depression, uh, anxiety. These are things like um, insecurities that I had, But one thing was piling on top of another. And to be able to get out and move and to start working those arenas in your brain were highly beneficial.
0: And you know, Rob, I know your backstory. I know about, you know, you're head first out a window and, you know, ended up, Literally flat on your back with right. with a broken back, if I remember yeah. correctly, and like I said, I, I make I, I say tongue in cheek, Mr. Zero Body Fat, mm-hmm. but I do see your videos with you doing yeah. push-ups and your kids on your back and stuff like yeah. that. Like like talk about your just your inclusion of fitness into your own personal recovery process.
2: Well, you know, for my kids, right, we're gonna talk. For me, I have to lead by example, and I need to be showing my kids that this is what we need to be doing so uh my wife takes care of all the shopping and the nutrition and all that kind of stuff but for me personally it's about going out with my kids and getting some sun and playing some sports and staying active like my every time i walk in the house now Uh, Caleb's like, Daddy, did you just work out, Daddy? But what you're doing is you're planting those seeds and we know that like a lot of the garbage that we have that have led to our addictions was all the childhood stuff, right? And I didn't have that role model. So as parents, all that starts with me, that starts with my behavior around my children.
0: Right, Melissa, there is, there's a statement that has become more and more popular um, where it, it is, we, we, we've heard this, that your belly is actually a second brain. Um, what does this mean and how can we explain this to families?
1: Okay, so uh, simply put, you have certain brain chemicals that are manufactured in the gut that travel up to the brain. So think about it as let's say you have a river and the river has all kinds of debris in it and the waters can't flow freely, right? So let we look at that with the gut if it's not functioning at its optimal level due to like junk food, too much sugar, lack of movement. Sometimes if people are sick a lot and their immune system is lowered, this Flow of brain chemicals to the brain is like that of a river that's filled with debris. So it's approaching that with making that the absolutely most free-flowing type of river, if you want to continue with that analogy, uh, that's the goal. And the way towards that goal is cleaning up the gut with proper nutrition.
0: What is it that we're missing in the gut? Like what's happening that proper nutrition this thing that should be easy, right, eat, eat healthy, sounds, uh, you know, easier said than done. What is it that we're missing? What's, what's the primary poison that, that we're losing our kids to?
1: Well, I think a lot of it is guidance. Um, there's, there's a lot of just uh, marketing out there that's absolutely um, misinformation. And if I were a regular consumer today that just went to a health food store and saw like floor to ceiling, uh, probiotics and fiber and vitamins, I wouldn't know what to pick. So it's really like I understand why the consumer is confused, but there's a lot of misinformation. And I think the key to focus in on is going back to keeping things simple. Like I always tell my clients, you know, eat like a farmer. Go ahead and have your whole foods, have your whole grains. Th- you know, get rid of the boxes and start to feed your family like you would if you grew up on a farm.
0: You know, sitting sitting across from both of you, if I was to to send a parent to you or a client to you, one of the things that that both of you, uh, in a sense, represent. And I know you don't, but but remember, I'm also being the voice of my of the parents that uh, listen to the show is that going to either of you will create a limiting factor in my life. For example, if I'm going to work with you guys, first thing you're going to do is put me on a diet,
1: right? Is that,
0: is that what we're talking about? I'll let about
1: put you on the diet. She's <laughs> got the training I program. I wouldn't put you on a diet. So my first thing is I would change behaviors, mm. behavior modification step by step. So you and I might meet. And I may w- have you walk away with, you know what, I really feel like you should drink more water this week. That's your assignment.
0: That's the assignment. Yeah. And what Keep about you, simple. Rob? you Are showing up and you're dragging me up the hill until I can't breathe and then berate me about how I should do 10 well, more so steps? Like, First
2: of all, I'm, I'm gonna probably take it easy on you for a little bit. I'm gonna make you like me. I'm gonna draw you, it's make a trap. Like it's, it's a trap. And then before you know it, we're attached and you have to listen to everything I say. So. But, but you know, you use discernment in those in those situations. Yeah, of course. And, and, and You know, I've been around enough people to understand personalities. Yeah. Um, Working with extroverts, introverts, like people that have been hurt. Like, you just know what you're addressing most of the time. Um, At the end of the day, all I'm trying to be is a leader and a mentor in people's lives. And I'm using physical fitness as an avenue to to help others.
0: How big of somebody's recovery, and I'm going to ask you the same question in a second, Melissa, but how much of recovery uh, do you believe, Rob, is going to be about my fitness level, my movement level?
2: Uh, it's a hundred percent of it you know the reality is is that you have one body one stomach one brain you need one heart you need to maximize that you need to get the most out of it uh, we were just talking earlier about how Kobe Bryant died today yeah right life can be taken away from you in a second um, make the most out of this life and a lot of that has to do with taking care of yourself um, and that's what I try to do, and that's what I try to, to give to my home is to have a healthy mind, a healthy body, a healthy spirit. Um, so if anything bad were to happen, I can leave that legacy.
0: Okay. And Melissa, well, how much of, how much of uh, someone's recovery, my recovery, I, do I need to focus on my food intake?
1: So it's a really deep question, actually. Yeah. And um, I was really giving it a lot of thought. These
2: are special
1: when you're in the midst of it, as a parent and a child, in the midst of your addiction or dysfunction, um, you really want, the parent wants to know the why, and usually the child doesn't know the why. Right. And it's, it's super frustrating, saddening, maddening. And then I think you have to start to look at the carrot. What is it gonna take to pull this person up out of where they're at. You know, what is it that, what's the, what do we have out there that they really want? Where do they want to win? And then focusing on that win strategy and creating steps towards accomplishing that goal for, put it in uh, really specifics. So my child that was going through anorexia, I was devastated, professionally, as a mom. It was like the worst thing I ever went through. And it was the worst thing my child went through. Sure, of course. And it took a full team. Psychologists, psychiatrists, myself. I used an external nutritionist because I am the mom.
0: Yeah, your mom. Right. It's not your client, it's your kid.
1: And I knew that the carrot out there, I found the carrot, is that my child wanted to be a star athlete. But in order to get to that point, the pediatrician was like, I'm not signing any papers until you give me 20 pounds. So there was was now something to look forward to and steps to take to accomplish to get there. Nutrition and fitness were everything because it was the self-love, it was the self-awareness, and you gotta control the controllables, right? And with a child going through this type of crisis, you have to give them the opportunity to control the controllables too in a healthy way.
0: All right, let me throw some things at you guys and let's let's just kind of pepper this. How does nutrition or exercise affect depression?
2: Oh, oh. you can go first. <laughs> um, I, so I was depressed. Yeah. Um, I suffered depression many years. The, the fact that you are, are moving and getting oxygen to your, to your brain, um, you're impacting areas that do affect your personality, your mood, your behavior, right. all that, right? Can you ever say in yourself, right, as a fitness guy yourself, that have you ever um, walked away from a workout and just been like, I shouldn't have done that?
0: Never, not once.
2: Right. So how important is it to you? Right. Right? Um, physical fitness, at least for me, it gave me self-esteem, it gave me confidence, it got me off of the drugs, the alcohol, the pain medication, right? There were so many great benefits. And you know, there's so much science to back all that stuff. For sure. And unfortunately, it's all new. All the science seems to be new. But... It's human movement. I mean, I, I don't think centuries ago people were suffering from depression the way that we are today. Right, right. But we now have all this technology, these cell phones. You're sitting in front of a TV. You're, you're getting all this uh, information poured into you. You know, parents are struggling just to make ends so they don't get to spend a lot of time with their, their kids. Like, there's just so many variables to this whole situation. Right. And I think that someone can take responsibility of themselves by just going out and getting some movement, right? Um, we can own that. You know, um, and you know what, sometimes in the midst of your depression, what's really hard is taking that first step. It's, it,
0: it is, the, like you can barely get out of bed and, and shower.
2: So yeah, so what I was gonna expand on that is is that when I attempted suicide and I had, I was on these medications and I was laying in bed, every morning I had a choice to make. And that choice was, I'm gonna let my foot hit that floor and I'm gonna go out and I'm at least gonna take a walk and get some movement no matter how bad it hurt. And I just put one foot in front of the other. Um, I looked at the end game. What am I really trying to achieve? It right. didn't always feel good, man. You know, and it doesn't always feel good. Right. And it, sometimes it's hard to pull yourself out of bed, yeah. but you just gotta do it. You know, you gotta dig a little bit deeper and just do it.
0: I'm Melissa. Nutrition and depression, What what's the link?
1: Okay, so two words for 2020 microbiologists and a new word psychobiotics. Psychobiotics. Right? Psychobiotics. psychobiotics. Dang,
0: I'm right in, oh, <laughs> God, I have it never is, heard that. Yeah. Psychobiotics. So this
1: is a brand new area of nutritional supplements that psychologists are using now to treat depression and what they are is a whole bunch of probiotics. Okay. Different bacterias because yeah. there's been So much research done that there's absolutely no question anymore. So neuroscientists 10 years ago would say, oh, what, gut, brain? But what I want you to think about- 10 years ago, that's amazing, yeah. Right? But think about when a a, a fetus, right? It looks like a peanut, a head with a gut. So the head and the gut are formed at the very same time. Right. Sinus tissue and gut tissue, unbelievable, right? Mm. So now, We talked again about the brain chemistry and the route that it takes. So simple measures that you can take because in the battle against depression, diet is absolutely key. We have to, we just have to accept that as a given. Yeah. Now the step to take would be to go off sugar (laughs) because sugar feeds the bad bacteria, Mm. causes what's called a dysbiosis, okay? And it's very addicting. So it is not gonna help in a battle against addiction and will absolutely hinder the happiness meter. So that's a huge one is going off sugar. Okay. The other thing we really need to look at today is pesticides. I was sharing with Rob that in 2020, recent agricultural studies, they are using World War II nerve Mm. gas in strawberries as a pesticide. Awesome this crosses the blood brain barrier (laughs) and it's causing add in children wow really Mm. so chemicals in our foods chemicals in our environment we have to watch what we're cleaning with we have to watch what plastics we're using what temperatures we're heating things at but simply i would have somebody go with you know start with going off sugar and adding in a really good probiotic
0: both of you have, um, you know, a, a focus on on a, a portion of recovery mm-hmm. that, in and of itself, can become addictive. Okay, that, that we can talk about exercise anorexia, uh, 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 the the body dysmorphia, the, the 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 utter obsession with uh, working out or eating healthy and you can bounce from different workout to different workout or different diet to different diet. How do we counter that, especially with our children? Because, you know, and, and Rob, I think you and I can speak to this. You get six months into your sobriety and you're like, I could do anything and I'm going to go on a diet and I'm going to start lifting and I'm going to this and, and that's not the, the healthy attitude because you're really, you're still in deep, beginning stages of recovery. So for both of you, how do we manage the healthy introduction and then the management of healthy exercise and healthy focus on, uh, uh, our gut?
2: You want to go first? Yeah. Um, well for me, it's, it's always going to be accountability. You know, you got to find
0: that you can't do this alone. Yeah. You're okay.
2: not going to do oh. this all alone. You know, um, and as as guys, like we got this, right? Well, I, got I, this. I, I got this all figured out. Uh, but the reality is, is that we all need support somewhere. Right. Um, yeah,
0: connection in the gym has spot me, bro. But <laughs> yeah. so you're talking about something. Yeah,
2: I got, I got this new stuff in my locker. You want to try it? You want to try it? Muscles get real. Yeah. Talk about perpetuating addiction, That's... right? <laughs> <laughs> dude, like, and I've seen it. Like, dude, I'm off of the the coke and the alcohol, but dude, this, that uh... friend is amazing. <laughs> the, the new obsession, right? Yeah. But you know, I think too is understanding with a lot of that stuff is where a lot of it comes from. For me, understanding childhood trauma and starting to address that. So, you know, for a lot of us, we have to accept that we don't know it all and that we do need help, and I think accepting that is, is really huge. And then seeking out that help, you know, whether it be through, you know, uh, seasoned fitness professionals because um, the reality is not a lot of uh, fitness professionals have experienced what I've experienced. Right. Um, but, you know, finding seasoned dietitians and, and – um, um, therapist and stuff like that and just making sure that you have a good core group of people around you that are going to help you and always be listening right um people these people in your circle aren't just saying things to hurt you right, right. if someone's saying hey man you're doing a, you know working out seven days a week isn't ideal you got to pay attention to those things
0: we'll get back to our guest in just a second i got to make a quick shout out to two organizations that have really helped out Fire Mountain and Beyond Risk and Back at our booth here at the Winter Symposium first is guayaki yerba mate they have given us cases and cases of this amazing incredible drink to hand out to other people to get people in the industry of mental health and addiction to understand the benefits of guayaki yerba mate and brain recovery brain building I could I could spend an entire episode which I did by the way with one of the co-founders David Carr so go listen to that Beyond Risk and Back episode and you can always Google benefits, scientific benefits, scientific research behind Yerba Mate, and you will understand why we give this drink out to people in the industry. This is a hidden gem that is getting more and more popular. So please support us being supported by Guayaki Yerba Mate and go pick yourself up a can and get some for your teens. And then second, I need to thank Psychotherapy Associates Winter Symposium people themselves for letting us be here and Broadcasting this show and helping us email all of the speakers to get the information, the, the 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 new cutting edge research in brain development, addiction recovery, mental health, and I get to interview these incredible people and get their information into your heads, parents. So thank you to Winter Symposium and thank you to Guayaki. Okay, let's get back to our guest. All right, Melissa, it's your turn. Let's uh, let's talk about how do we how do we, as I was just saying, you know, an addict in the street is an addict in the gym, is an addict at the buffet line. And right. that, that was my experience. Because when I stopped smoking pot, I was drinking. When I stopped drinking, it was toxic relationships. And when I stopped uh, the toxic relationships, the food issue showed up. And it was about that time in my recovery that I went, oh crap, Aaron's the problem. <laughs> not the food, not the women, not the drugs and the alcohol it's aaron so how how are you going to guide someone through that we're going to leave the addict outside the kitchen
1: i love the word that you used relationships because food is a relationship Right. right and food is a love language i mean think back to grandmother's chicken soup or family gatherings where you remember certain smells certain tastes certain things about your childhood certain experiences And I think what's so important is to create that love language as a family where you're actually sitting down and having some really positive family time. And a lot of the issues around food have a lot to do with the dynamics of the family. Some of my clients with IBS and Crohn's and ulcerated colitis, I could say to them, think back when food became a source of irritation for you. And many of them will say, well my parents fought at the table, or I wasn't allowed in the kitchen, I didn't have a say in what was for dinner. And that right there is an unhealthy relationship. So I like to look at it like a marriage. Just like with my clients, no no one ever is gonna measure food. If you're working with me, you are not putting food on a scale. That would be like being in a marriage and you have a tablet with you and you're writing down what he said and then i said and then she said this and then that's not normal right right so we want to create this really healthy groovy love relationship with food and that's an interpretation that a person has to define for themselves but that's a behavior modification strategy and a step-by-step program in of its own.
0: It seems to me, for both of you, that if we're we're looking at our children and we're saying, oh, my God, you know, I've cleaned out their school backpack, found a pack of cigarettes, and three empty cans of Monster, um, you know, like, like, the, I kn- and I know this stuff isn't good for them. So do the children. Like, they're not, the children listen to, uh, they, they listen to the, to what's healthy and what's not. They have nutrition and health class and they've been growing up with posters on the school walls that says you gotta move your body and you shouldn't smoke, because smoking's bad and you know, childhood obesity and blah, and here's the numbers, don't become a statistic. So how come, how come we're still falling back into this? What are we, what's missing in curriculum or how come kids are still smoking, drinking monsters and not exercising?
1: That's a great question. And honestly, I feel a lot of times parents relinquish their power and they don't take charge. And when you go through these things, you have a right to be a parent. You have a right to say what is right and what is wrong, but you better be that example and walk the walk Mm. so that your children will respect that what you say is what you do. And I was that parent that was finding sandwiches hidden in a closet underneath the bed and I finally had to say to my child, hey, dude, look, you got two roads here. It's either in treatment or you and I are gonna get well together. Which one do you want? Yeah. And I committed myself to the process. Again, you may need some intervention with professionals to help you along the way because you don't have all the answers. But I really feel it comes back to, moms dads take your power back do it in a loving way but be the example and be the change
2: Uh, from what i've seen because you know i work with a lot of young people you know i see a lot of uh rebellion due to broken families yeah i think that you know divorce is at a high again um parents are just trying to pay their bills they don't get to spend a lot of time with their kids and so you're impacted by social media, friends at school, music, like, you have other things raising you at this point now. And, and I, I believe that the family dynamic is disintegrating in the United States. Um, and I think a lot of that comes from rebellion, you know, all the bad habits that they're getting. And they just want to fit in with their friends as well, you know, because sometimes you put your health aside to fit in, to be a part of, right? And and these kids are getting their value somewhere else that's not inside the home. Um, for me, as being a, a parent, like I have to take responsibility for my home and the things that happen in it, because I know that's going to impact them when they go outside of the house.
1: It,
0: Rob, I know your kiddos brand new. Melissa, your daughter is.
1: I have four kids. You have
0: four kids. And And two
1: grandchildren. And two grandchildren. (laughs)
0: So how much, and and Rob, are you worried about? And Melissa, did you find that your focus on the thing that has set you free made it more difficult for your kids?
1: Well, I think that we were truly blessed in the fact that um, we have family time we have carved out family time and when what just piggybacking off what Rob said when I addressed the anorexia much later my child my youngest is now 23 and it was him that was going through it right Um, and I asked him you know what what was that turning point for you where you went from being a regular healthy happy kid to turning into this person with a eating disorder. And his answer to me was words. And I said, were they words at home? Were they words from your siblings? And he said, no, someone at school at camp called me fat. And it really resonated because he had breast tissue during puberty. So when he looked in the mirror, he thought, oh my gosh, I must be fat. So therefore I must be thin. And that kind of snowballed until eventually I started looking at him and seeing him disappearing. Right. But so that I would say for us in our family dynamic, it was an external force, but I will take responsibility that even with an external force, was there a miss that I didn't give him enough empowerment that he could deflect that. So that's something that, you know, I still haven't answered for myself. You know, where, where did I miss that, that, that actually affected him?
0: Sure.
2: Well, so for me, um, so I have a, a three-year-old son yeah. and my daughter's four months, but I also have a 20-year-old son. Okay. Um, and so, and I have to accept responsibility that I wasn't there for most of his life. And now that he's a young man, um, I'm confronted with a whole different set of issues, right? Right, And trying to rebuild or build a relationship with him. He grew up the same way I grew up. So now he has his struggles. Like, it was passed down to him. So even though I get to prevent it with my young ones, yeah, I have to work with it in my oldest son. And so I have two different situations, two different set of challenges, right? Where I get to lead, by example, in my home, because my babies have been with me since babies. right? Where with my oldest, it's like, man, there's a lot of stuff that we have to unload, right, and deal with and then try to come together and communicate. And um, that's a whole different set of challenges, right? That's a whole right? another show. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but, you know, I know what it feels like to be the parent that wasn't there, and now I see the impact of that. Even if he had his mom and, and, sure. and, and dad around, like, um, I have to look at that situation. Well, I'm responsible for a lot of that. So how do we... How do we correct that, right? And how do we make that work um, so that we can have a healthy relationship so that he doesn't fall into the same traps that I fell into with addiction and depression and anxiety, you know? And so I see a lot of uh, myself in him, and it hurts my heart um, because I know how I felt and what I went through. And so um, even as a fitness guy and got a lot of great things going on and a beautiful family, like I still have my challenges that I'm working through myself.
0: Okay, so for both of you, as we're wrapping up here, final thoughts for parents on how to get them eating right and how to give them, get them moving enough?
2: Well, honestly, if you want your kid to start moving, you got to do it too. You know? and, and the reality is, is you can't force it on them, so you got to find creative and fun ways to go do those things. Um, and then it's not necessarily getting in the gym and doing squats, man. You know, <laughs> hey, <laughs> We live God. in Colorado, right? So, you know, for local parents around here, Man, all the hiking around here. Yeah, yeah. Phenomenal. And that's a great start, you know. So I always say lead by example. You know, and you got to be patient with your kids too, right?
1: I would say that family time is really important. Yeah. And making food fun again. And just like anything you want to do well, whether it's singing, playing guitar, playing basketball, you need a really good coach. And if someone's facing a challenge to seek out a coach... Whether it's a nutrition coach, a naturopath, uh, anything holistic to add into your family dynamic to help you would be very advantageous.
0: Okay. I know I'm the, my listeners are going to want to get in contact. Uh, let's cough up some contact info, please.
2: <laughs> yeah. So um, you can just go to the website. My email is rob at robdeckerspeaks.com. Um, there you'll find videos, articles. Podcast, all sorts of cool stuff that you can share with your family and friends that are struggling. It's uh, good for the parents as well. And anytime you reach out, I'll do my best to get back to you as soon as possible. I'm, I'm really easy to track down. <laughs>
1: yeah. um, you can reach me via email. It is Healing Wheel Holistic. That is H-E-A-L-I-N-G-W-H-E-E-L. H-O-L-I-S-T-I-C at gmail or make it easier on yourself. My phone number is 310-774-6191. I work with people all over the United States. So don't hesitate. You don't have to live in Colorado to get some help. I agree. And um, it would be my pleasure. That should be on the
2: show notes, right? That All that information?
1: Yeah, it
0: should be. <laughs> All right, you guys, Rob Decker, it's great thanks, watching your journey, uh, thanks, getting to know man. you over this past year, yeah. remaining Facebook buddies. Yeah. Maybe, maybe someday we'll throw some lead around. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Melissa Kayam, thank you so much. Such good, a pleasure. Good luck on your PhD candidate. would like to, obviously, both of you get you back on for other shows, uh, especially after you get your uh, dissertation going and your papers published. Love to hear your latest research and things you have, thank Melissa. Thank you so much. And uh, Rob will be in touch. Yeah, for sure. Thanks, All right, buddy. you guys, thanks for being on the air. This has been another episode of Beyond Risk and Back. Thank you so much for joining me, parents. Please remember to give us a listen, a like, a subscribe, and share us with your friends, other parents who need this support. I have a few people I'd like to thank. First is Fraser PR. I'd also like to thank Your Cause Consulting. And I need to give a shout-out to Deepen Productions. As always, thank you to Mental Health News Radio for hosting this show. And I'd like to thank Guayaki. Guayaki has sponsored our booth here at the Winter Symposium. And of course, all my fans everywhere all over the world, thank you so much for making Beyond and Back a number one parenting podcast. Remember, parents, take care of yourself first, your adult relationships second, and your children third, because in that way, we do our best work with our children. I'll see you next week.